to the Bully Girl Podcast. It's the one and only Dr. Taylor here bringing some of the hottest topic discussions and kennels in the bully community straight to your ears. This is episode nine of the BGM Podcast. Before we get started, I want everyone to go download the Bully Girl app. You can purchase, sell, and even adopt bully breeds straight from your phone. I have my co-host here by the name of Mandy. Um, I want to welcome her in today to her first podcast with Bully Girl Magazine. Um, And we want to together welcome our special guest by the name of Cindy Sandoval. Cindy is the proud owner of Bea Official Bullies, and she is located in Austin, Texas. Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. (laughs) No problem. It is definitely a pleasure. Um, I First of all, I read uh, your your previous article that you have in our magazine, um, and it is so amazing to hear about your kennel and the things that you were doing then. And I know that was some time ago, so I can't wait to get an update on everything that's going on with you, your kennel, any changes and things like that. Yeah, definitely. So my first question for you is, where did the name Bea Official Bullies come from? Um, It was my first female um, that I got to start my kennel with. And she was just so beautiful. So Bea in Spanish is beautiful. So I just stuck with that and I stuck with Bea Official Bullies. I love it. I love that. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. How um, how long have you been breeding? Um, like, I wanna say four or five years already we've been breeding. Oh, wow been a while yeah I saw that you were you were influenced by your mother can you can you tell our viewers a little bit about your history and what got you into breeding and the American bullies yeah so as I was like a kid and things like that my mom had a lot of rot rollers we had like four or five of them at the time I was a kid I really didn't like know much I just knew it was puppies and it was fun um, but she was um, breeding them and we lived in the country. So we always had like dogs and that's when I started to learn about kennels and like diets and why are you doing this? What is going on here? So I kind of learned from her. And then as I got older, it's something that I started on my own um, because I enjoyed it. It's, it's fun. It's beautiful. And Everything is for the dogs. Everything that we do, the love, the care, the feeding, everything is for them, you know? I love it. I love it. Mandy, do you have any questions for her? Yes. I noticed in your initial interview, you were breeding pockets and standard bullies. But when I looked over your Instagram, you did you switch to XLs or are you still breeding pockets, standards, and XLs? And um, what kind of led you in that direction if you did switch to XLs? Um, I'm still breeding pockets as well, Um, but right now I'm kind of jumping into the XL movement um, just because I have Chapo. Um, He's my bossy stack son, Um, so I have him, and I just love how big he is. He gets a lot of attention, and now I have his daughter, and then um, I found the perfect stud. Well, in my eyes, he was perfect, so I decided to jump into the XL movement. I wanted to give it a try. Um, oh. Yeah, it's going to be uh, my first, my personally first XL breeding. I've had breedings with Chapo outside of my kennels of XLs, but I've never had one of yep. at home, like an in-home one. An in-house breeding. Nice. Congratulations. That's awesome. Um, so 
when should this breeding, the, the breeding already happened, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, it happened on Monday. Yeah. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I hope everything goes well. Um, and I'm sure you are going to produce some amazing puppies, especially being your first litter and you found the perfect stud. Now, is this the mother-to-be that you have with you? Yes, this is Cypress. She is She's beautiful. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. And then, so how many dogs do you currently have um, in your kennel? Six. I was wondering, out of your six dogs, do you have more males or more females, or do you have, like, a combination of the two? I have more females. I have four females and two males. Um, do you plan on keeping any of the puppies from this litter? Oh, yes. I already want to keep the whole litter. <laughs> um, definitely. Um, I'm going to stay with one or two for sure. Yeah, that's that's the struggle of being a breeder is like yes. you just want to keep all of the puppies every single time. And unfortunately, you know, we can't do that. Um, then we'll end up with 125 dogs at our house. So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so <laughs> I cannot wait until, you know, the pregnancy is confirmed and, and the puppies are born and healthy. Um, I follow you on Instagram, so I'm for sure going to stay updated uh, every step of the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Yeah, no problem. No problem. We love our, our fellow breeders around here. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are your goals uh, when it comes to your productions, especially now that you're hopping into the Excel world? What are some of your, your goals? And um especially when it comes to like structurally sound dogs. So I want more, I like the tight ladder more like tight and muscular. And then I also, I that's one of my goals, but I think with this breeding, what we're going to aim for is nice and thick, but tall. I think they're going to be very tall, but super thick. Yeah. Um, they're going to have beautiful head pieces. The head pieces match it up like perfectly. Um, and yeah, that's, that's it. I like them tall. I like them thick, big heads, big rears. So that's what I'm hoping to get. (laughs) I was actually wondering, did you ever do the breeding with Cujo? I know this was a long time ago from your original, um, interview, but I was very curious. I, I am familiar with Cujo and he is a phenomenal looking stud. So I wasn't sure if you actually used him and, and how was your breeding? Oh, yes, we ended up using him. Um, We ended up with three beautiful girls. All of them were girls. And I have one of his daughters that I kept for myself that I'm breeding right now for my pocket program. (laughs) She's almost a champion. I was going to ask that. Congratulations. That's beautiful. I'll definitely love to look and see. I'll check out your Instagram if you have pictures of her. Yeah, she's on there. Um, so how do you, whenever you do have litters, how do you pro- usually promote them? Are you big on like social media or um, are you on like any forums through registry websites or do you go to shows? Tell us a little bit about that. Just through Instagram. And then like I'm from Austin, Texas. So I take the dogs out a lot, like downtown. And it's almost like free promotion. Like when we take Storm and Chapel in them out, we get a crowd of people. And that right there brings in like good customers. Um, even stud services for other people's dogs and things like that. Like 
I feel like, um, and a lot through Instagram. So basically mainly taking them out in Instagram. That's all I really use. And then the Bully Girl app. Yes. Oh, wow. That, that's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, have you noticed that there's like a lot of breeders um, or even just American bullies in general located in Austin, Texas? Yeah, um, there's quite a bit here. We have bully meetup meetups. Um, okay. And I want to say at least sometimes there's over maybe like 50 dogs and over like 100 people. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Do you have do you show any of your dogs? Right now, like any sanctioned um, shows or anything? Right now, I'm not really showing, but when I do show, I show my pockets more. Um, and mainly it's Chapo and Storm, my Cujo daughter. So it is. So, okay, I did see Storm. She's gorgeous. Yes. <laughs> no, you bred Lady Sansa, and you still have her mom, correct? Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Um. So I know that you, you mentioned taking your dogs out to like um, meetups and things like that. And you just take them out in the general public. Um, other than that, how do you manage to socialize your dogs? Do you, have you ever taken them to like a dog park or do you ever walk them around in like dog stores? I know a lot of breeders mention no. doing that so they can get kind of smells and stuff. No dog parks. Um, I feel like when they go into dog parks, they become a different dog. And then there's so many dogs off leash and there's so much dominance going on in one place. I don't like that. Um, I don't feel like my dogs do well in that kind of environment. They do better socializing, um, like when we're out with other dogs on walks, like if I invite my friends or at a meetup or something like that, where everybody has more control of the dog instead of dogs just running up to each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then like a lot of times the owners of the other dogs, they're not even paying attention. They're usually, you know, face down in their phones or whatever the case may be. So, mm -hmm. um, and then also, of course, with you having American bullies, people are going to come after you and say, you know, you have this vicious dog here and stuff like that, just because of all the like stigmas that we hear mm -hmm. about bullies in general. And most of them, if not all of them are untrue. And so that's a huge thing that I know a lot of breeders struggle with when they do take their dogs out in public places. I actually was wondering for, do you still feed raw primarily as your dog's diet? No, well, right now we're just on kibble. We're doing kibble oh. and then when I have puppies, I do raw. I do raw for the puppies and then I have the mama on both. But other than that, I have everybody on kibble right now. Okay. When you do the raw for the puppies, um, do you have to do like um, a dewormer before you give them the raw or you start it when they're babies? Just um, do you have any suggestions to the viewers who may be wanting to give raw to their puppies? Like what is a good age to start? Um, I start them five, four and a half to five weeks. And I start weaning them with like you know the little primal um, raw foods that you buy from like um, the feed stores yes. for the puppies, and then yes. I put that with goat's milk and then vitamins, and then I just kind of mix it all together because it's so mushy. Um, yeah, primal nuggets—that's what they're called. Um, primal nuggets, Thank and you. since they're so mushy, I just add that in with the. Um, 
with the goat's milk and I just do that. And then at four weeks as well, I start um, deworming. So I guess I kind of start about the same time, but I always deworm when everybody's on a full stomach. Perfect. Thank you so much for the advice. I'm sure there are a lot of viewers that are wondering and that can definitely be helpful for them. Yeah, for sure. Do you, um, what type of, what type of kibble do you feed your dogs? We feed Victor and Diamond. Okay. Are any of your dogs on any special like diets or anything? I know, um, a lot of bullies have, uh, like allergies and things like that. And so it's kind of difficult oh, no. sometimes to yeah no luckily we don't suffer with any of that um no allergies the only allergies or like things that the dogs get are from because we live in the country is from the pollen yeah. when they're like running in the grass and stuff we always have to take them into the vet and get special sh shampoo and stuff like that because their skin breaks out but it's from the pollen in the <laughs> grass outside yeah, yeah for sure definitely experienced that here I'm i'm over here in south carolina so I understand with pollen and everything um, and seasonal the allergies. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, it's huge here. Mm. Okay. Well, that's good. So what are some of the challenges that you've been through over the last few years as a breeder and someone that takes their dogs to shows? Um, I want to say some of the challenges is when we go in and our dogs are behaved. And let's say people are new to like the breeding community or new to like showing or something. And I guess their dogs don't do too well. And they're kind of like aggressive when you walk by, not only towards the dog, but towards the people. And it's kind of like mm -hmm. that right there is kind of like, I feel like that's a struggle because I work hard with my dog to keep her calm, mm -hmm. to have Storm behave, to Storm stand a certain way and everything. And for another dog to just kind of like bumper or something, it just, it throws it off like that. And I feel like that's mm -hmm. kind of hard. That's a difficult part for me. Yeah, that that's pretty rough. Um, I was at a show a few weeks ago and there was a dog in the ring. And unfortunately he just, he was, he was a little too aggressive. Uh, luckily, mm -hmm. One of the judges did what they needed to do and just put him out of the show ring. I was afraid that he was going to bite someone or someone else's dog. Um, but yeah, and people are still learning. It's just, you know, I always suggest, hey, start taking your dogs to these dog shows at an early age because it can it can become overwhelming, especially when there's thousands of people's and people and hundreds of dogs in one small building. And so you just, there's kids running around, there's people yelling, um, there's all these different smells and sounds and things like that. And so it's good to have your dog become acclimated to it as they're younger. And then they just kind of get used to it as the years come along. So um, it, it brings down, if not eliminates that aggression altogether. Most of the time mm. they're just hella anxious, you know? Yeah. Do you have any suggestions to anybody um, in regards to who wants to get into breeding the XL bullies? Um, it's it's a difference, correct? Switching from the pockets and the standard to the XLs? Yes, it is. Um, I would definitely say um, do your research. And if you can, get a mentor. Don't. This is not something you just come in like blinded to. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into it. It's with the caring, the living, it, like just everything, the dieting, the exercising, um, the breeding, the surgicals, the C-sections, like it's just not, 
it's a lot. I would say make sure you do a lot of research and most importantly, you come in with somebody very knowledgeable. Absolutely. That's great advice. Thank you. Yeah, that, that is fantastic advice. Um, there's a lot of people coming into the bully world. Um, and I've, I've noticed that a lot of them just jump right on in and not really understand what it takes as a breeder. Like it takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, care, dedication. Time. Um, you mm -hmm. can't just breed a dog and like, okay, that's it. Let's just make a bunch of money off of it. No, you have to come out of pocket a, like a lot. Um, and most of the time you're, you're losing because like the overall goal isn't to just sit here and make money. The overall goal is to produce an amazing dog um, that you want for yourself or you want to, you know, send out to another family to have. And so a lot of breeders come in thinking that it's a lot different than, than what it actually is and what it should be. So that the advice that you gave is fantastic. I agree. Yeah, and I also like speaking on that as we were talking about this uh, last week when I was doing progesterone testing with some other breeders mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's like, um, even the marketing right now, it's like up and down, up and down. But I kind of feel like the way the marketing mm -hmm. is right now, it's kind of weaving out the people who kind of can't keep up mm -hmm. with the standard of the American bully, which I think mm -hmm. is a good thing because I feel like I put a lot into this, like a lot. And then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. there's some people that just want to come and like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely, it's a lot harder for old school breeders, um, especially the ones that stick to the standards uh, and things like that. And so everyone will bounce around from the most popular upcoming breed and things like that, which is perfectly fine. You know, um, it's just a little bit more difficult, especially if you have someone that doesn't really go out to many shows and doesn't really, you know, have all like six, 60,000 followers on Instagram and things like that. It's kind of hard to, I, I guess, like promote your kennel and promote your, your breedings and things like that when you're up against someone with that much clout. So I completely understand. So when you when you did the initial article with Bully Girl Magazine, um, we asked you a question about 10 years from now. Um, so in your words, describe how you want things to be 10 years from today in the bully community. I want the community more together. I feel like over the past couple of years, um, the meet and greets here in Austin, Texas have gotten bigger. And I do feel like there are some of us that do pull together more, but I just think it's mm -hmm. gonna take a little more effort for us to get more people in to come more united, is mm -hmm. what I should say. More united and more getting along and putting the pride aside of my dog's better than your dog mm -hmm. and all this other stuff, instead of just letting it be about the dogs and us having like food to eat or something, you know, cause that's what we do. We eat at the meet and greets and the dogs play, there's swimming pools, stuff like that. So I would like to see more of that. Just more of getting along and putting the pride to the side. Yeah, yes, for sure. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more with that. So true. Um, I like that they have, I like that they allow like children and stuff to come to a lot of these meet and greets and shows as well, because you know, they're the next generation of breeders and handlers and things like that. And mm -hmm. so 
like you said, just setting the pride to the side and just going out and having fun and, you know, meeting new people, networking and things like that. It is a good influence to have on our children instead of, you know, fussing and fighting over, you know, why we don't like someone's dog uh, or why we don't like that particular person and things. So I, I do wish that things would, would kind of, you know, go back to everyone just coming together and getting along and having these moments and, and making it about, you know, building up the bully community instead of, I guess, like knocking everyone down. Definitely. What separates your kennel from any other competition that's out there? That's a good question. I want to say it's going to be the love and the care that I give to my dogs, um, the way they're treated. Um, I think that's pretty much it, is the love yeah. and the care that I give to my dogs. I know a lot of readers that give a lot of love and care, and I know a lot of them that just stay in kennels. So Right. There's a big difference between those two types of breeders. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I do like that um, about your kennel and just knowing that, you know, you have a vision, um, you have a standard to what you and your kennel are, are upkeeping uh, and then coming into the XL community. I, I think that's great because you already know like, hey, look, this is what I want in a dog. This is how I want it to look. I already plan on keeping two of these puppies off of this, this first breeding. Um, and then just the way that you you care about your animals is just it's fantastic um i wish a lot more breeders were like you um but hey you just keep doing your thing you just keep meeting as many people as you can and you just rub some of that off on them mm -hmm. so definitely uh motivational um motivation kennel uh, and stuff so i i really appreciate the way that you do things thank you I really am looking forward to seeing your in-house breeding. I'm excited yeah, for you. I can't wait to see and, and see your kind of progress and your vision come to life. Um, I'm very grateful that you gave me the opportunity to ask you these questions. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for having me as well. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, is there anything that you would like to see more of uh, when it comes to like the Bully Girl magazine or anything that you want to see an upcoming podcast from us like any questions or topics anything like that no i think that bully girl magazine's doing great i feel like bully girl magazine has always been on point with everything um and when it comes on touching base with other breeders and things like that i feel like it covers everything like a wide range of everything whenever you read people's reviews or you hear what they have to say i feel like a lot of topics like the right topics do get touched on yeah Right. I, yeah, I do enjoy reading the articles and learning a lot about all these different kennels and stuff, for sure. Um, so before we wrap up this episode, is there anything you want to say to our audience today? Thank you for tuning in. And thank you, Bully Girl Magazine, for having Bay Official Bullies. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Well, I want to again thank Cindy with Bay Official Bullies for joining the BGM podcast and sharing her knowledge amongst us this evening. Um, as a reminder, be sure to check out the Bully Girl app and bgmwarehouse.com for the latest merchandise, interviews, show pictures, and more. See you on the next episode of the Bully Girl Podcast. Peace. Bye. Bye.